Welcome to another epi of Women in Work. We're Shivali and Danielle here as always, and today we brought a very special guest with us, an opera singer and a soloist, Zuli Inario. As a singer, Zuli has had the chance to visit so many cool places and perform in some of the most amazing festivals all across Europe and beyond. Yeah, she's been to Sicily and Germany and all over the US. That's pretty cool, but stick around to the end to see her take on her daily segment. And now, let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you so much for taking out the time out of your day to come join us. Of course, I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. So we're so happy to be able to speak with you. So you're a soloist and a singer, so could you tell us a little bit more about how you became involved in singing and how your talent led you to the place you're in today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm an opera singer. I'm a soprano, and um, yeah, that's what I do. I perform. Um I'm also, you know, an educator as well. I teach voice lessons and stuff, but I started singing at a very young age in general, like in elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, I joined the choir when I was in after school care because I was like, oh, let me just try this thing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the music teacher there was um, gave me solos and stuff, but I didn't think much of it. And... Um, uh, she spoke to my family. She's like, no, this little girl is really talented. You should put her in voice lessons. And mm-hmm. so I started taking voice lessons at like really young. And, um, but I didn't, didn't last too long. Cause I mean, I liked to sing, but it wasn't, you know, I don't know. I was a kid. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I went to an opera for the first time. I, I grew up in Miami, Florida mm-hmm. and I went to an opera there when I was about 15 and um, I just fell in love with the entire spectacle of opera, mm-hmm. you know, live singing, orchestra, the costumes, mm-hmm. the set, it was just incredible. And I was sitting way in the back and I could still hear this person singing and I was just, you know, it's not amplified. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and Absolutely. Yeah, because it's just it was just wild to me. I'd never seen anything like it. And mm-hmm. so I, I was with my sister and I was like, I'm gonna do that. And she's like, <laughs> No, you're not. And then I did. So <laughs> so after that, I um um uh, once I finished I graduated from high school like at 17. And I was such a nerd that I started college like the summer after I graduated high school because I was like, yay, college. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, I didn't even take a break. (laughs) And um, I I was taking all kinds of like uh, required courses. And, you know, I then and there is where I was like, okay, so I was really interested in stellar astronomy. So that was kind of calling me too. And I had to decide whether I wanted to do stellar astronomy or music. And I decided music, mm-hmm. but decided on music because I was like, well, you know, stellar astronomy is just all these theories that nobody's proven and we don't know what anything is for sure. You know, music is more secure and the joke's on me because <laughs> music also is all about just, you know, trusting and, and singing is about just, you know, practicing. And then once you're in the moment, staying in the moment. But yeah, so that's how I got into opera. (laughs) Well, thank you for sharing your story. I know personally, I have a similar story where I was just a little girl and my parents took me to listen to the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra, which is an amazing orchestra. 
growing up in the city, I had the opportunity to do that. And so I was just a little girl. I just came in and my parents were like, well, what instrument do you like? And like, you know, sitting up at the front, we saw the violins and the violas. And I was like, I pointed to the violins and I was like, that. So exactly. Yeah. That's how, that's how it started out. My parents sent me to music school and from there kind of blew up into this um just one of my major hobbies I know Shivali does piano but yeah I, I think we can both agree that music has become just such such an important part of our lives so thank you for sharing your story about sure. that but yeah as sure. a singer you know have there been any performances or uh, any performances that have just have a very special place in your heart and why those specific ones so you know I'm a soloist but you know mm-hmm. as I was as I was completing my undergraduate degree and I was completing it in Miami, Florida, that same company that I went to go see, I actually sang in the chorus when I was, mm-hmm. after I studied for a while and I was getting my undergrad. And so um, some of my favorite performances really were being in that chorus and learning about the business in that way, being mm-hmm. part of the group and being part of these really amazing performances. They had a brand new performance facility. They had a brand new like opera house and they were opening it. So they had this inaugural um, <clears throat> inaugural uh, performance of the opera Aida by Verdi. Mm-hmm. And that opera is just, you know, super, super grand. And there's all kinds of different things and it takes a lot of people. So it's like an 80 person chorus. Oh, wow. And um, I was part of that like in my early 20s. And um, that was a lot of fun because I learned so much. <laughs> and I was I was around these like opera stars that were singing the main roles that I'm still in touch with today and have been really nice and have mentored me. And, you know, it was just those kinds of good, beautiful connections. I, I really appreciate as for my mm-hmm. soloist wise, like for myself, um, uh, I last summer I got to sing in Sicily, and I was singing in that opera, The High Priestess. Um, I w- the title role Aida I covered, meaning that I was the understudy, just in case something mm-hmm. happened to the soprano. I was singing it, but I sang The High Priestess, and I got to sing in this ancient Roman theater, the amphitheater which is outdoor and it's like from 450 BC or something. That's when it was constructed. And I got to perform there, which is wild. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of fun. That was really special to me Mm -hmm. as well. And you mentioned the theater and going to Italy. And I mean, clearly you've traveled quite a bit. So how did these like opportunities change your perspective as a musician? And what did you learn when you traveled to these places? Um, Well, uh, so I just, I'll, just preemptively, I moved to Pittsburgh like eight months ago. So, <laughs> so I just moved here from, and I was living in Germany for about four years. Wow. So, um, I'm, I'm married and my husband got a job there and we both decided to, Hey, let's do the thing where we're expats and, you know, let's go have fun. We took our dogs with us and, um, uh-huh. Yeah, we had to, we have two rescue dogs and we took them with us. Sadly, one of them um, went, went across the Rainbow Bridge while he was there, but we still, the other one came back with us. Um, so I lived there for a while and I wanted to experience, uh, have uh, the opportunities that, that the European market would give me, which mm-hmm. was interesting 
it was an interesting experience because um, it's totally different than the American market. Mm -hmm. um, and when you're trying to work over there, you know, there's a ton of different languages that you that you're experiencing, right? So like I know some I know some German and I speak French because I learned it for one of my degrees and I speak Italian because it's pretty, there's a lot of similarities to Spanish and that's my first language. So um, I, I realized quickly that the more I speak the language, for example, the, the better the situation is for me when I go travel in these places. So mm -hmm. Italy is awesome for me because um, I speak Italian. So Italians are like, oh, awesome. I can talk to her in Italian and mm -hmm. she understands, mm -hmm. which is pretty good. Um, and um, things that I learned, there's just so much talent out there. And um, I'm glad that I was there and I saw how much talent there is just everywhere. And mm -hmm. I wasn't in my own like American opera bubble. There's mm -hmm. just so many talented people all over the world. And um, I learned that the market's different. And I learned that some of the things that maybe were not such huge factors in the US when auditioning and things of that nature are bigger factors in Europe. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, those things were, I had to learn that real fast. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a wonderful, I, I feel very lucky to have had the experiences that I've had and to have been able to travel to so many places and get to do some singing for sure. Of course, yeah. I know going back on my experiences, like you were saying that the market is so different, like the experience of performing in the US compared to Europe, I know just so different. I know for me, whenever I was on my European tour with my youth orchestra, we played in Vienna and there was just so, it was just a completely different experience. I mean, sure, the music's the same, but the audience, the way everything happens, the stages, just everything is just so different. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, it's both amazing experiences, but yeah, so different, but you know, completely just yeah you have, to, you have to adjust real fast I had to oh, like I was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but I mean I mean for me I wasn't fluent in the language native there so I mean it was obviously a struggle we were like in the streets we were doing some um just visiting some couple um places and then we did, we were just so lost. I mean, for you, thankfully, you're just so fluent. So that's amazing with the languages that you can adapt. But, you know, for us, it was just like, ah, how do we read these signs? Like, yeah. Who can, can help us? That's tough. <laughs> I can, well, I didn't learn German until after I moved there. So mm -hmm. the first, like I knew, I, I speak Spanish, I speak English, I speak, I spoke, I speak Italian, and I speak French. So those are the languages I knew uh -huh. going there. And mm -hmm. When I got to Germany, I didn't speak a word of German, even though I sing in it. I knew how to pronounce it, but I didn't speak it in another language. So I didn't leave. Like, it was really hard. I didn't want to leave the house unless I was with my husband because I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And so once I started taking classes, like immersive, like German, like every day for three hours, I did that for like a month that I can kind of say things. That's when I felt a little more comfortable. And even then, to German standards, my German's not very good, but I understand and I can say enough, mm -hmm. you know, so and that helped me feel comfortable. So I totally empathize with not speaking the language. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Yeah, of course. 
Um, so switching gears just a little bit, you know, all these performances, so many years of experience, but um, do you still get like these jitters before your performances? Are there any ways that you cope with this or um, how do you calm yourself before a performance or any sort of other methods that you use? Oh, absolutely. Of course, I still get nervous. <laughs> I always get nervous before I have to sing. It's mm-hmm. just, it's just part of it at this point. <laughs> that's, it's, that's just part of the routine, right? So um, yeah. it you want to do well and that's where the jitters come from and the mm-hmm. jitters and the nerves come from like you know this it's it's unknown mm-hmm. and and that's okay that's mm-hmm. the excitement of it so i try not i think the more i try to uh push those feelings down or push them out of the way the more they come up so mm-hmm. i actually try to embrace them Mm-hmm. And and kind of uh, what I would say is just like recognize that they're there and validate them and just kind of assure and just assure myself, hey, you've put in the practice, you've done the work, you know how to do this. I understand that you're nervous, but hey, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. once I do that, it's like, okay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but having, but actually do, doing the opposite, like saying, oh, let me push these nerves out of the way. It makes it worse. So just Mm -hmm. that's my, that's how I deal with it is um, actually recognizing that I have those feelings and validating them in a way so that they're kind of along for the ride with me, if that makes sense. And so once I start singing um, or once I start my performance, they actually go away Um, short. As soon as I sing the first few notes, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. They kind of go away, but um, yeah, that's and I have a routine prior to performing. Like I have a certain routine that I do. Like I, if I'm gonna, if I'm doing my own makeup, for example, like I listen to a certain artist, like certain music that puts me in the right um, headspace for the mm-hmm. performance, um, and uh, things of that nature that also help, kind of mm-hmm. with the nerves, keeping my routine. Absolutely, yeah. I think. Um, I'm not sure Shivali, Shivali also does piano, but I know for me, anytime I have a solo violin performance, I have like this set routine of everything mm-hmm. I do beforehand. It's like, I don't touch my phone. I don't listen to any like pop music. It's only classical music before the performances. Mm-hmm. And it's just strict order of like things that happen. And it's, I mean, obviously everyone has like their own sort of like path that they do, but it's so funny that you mentioned that because I know um, just that order of like things like you have to do just, mm-hmm. just like, a step thing that, you know, it's performance day. I have to do this, 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 this. Right. And, and that's exactly. Yep. So that's so interesting that you mentioned that. No, yeah. No. There's definitely comfort in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I can also relate because usually I like to listen to certain music before I play piano or I also like to sing too generally. So um, usually before those type of things, I just either listen to certain music that helps calm me down or I just honestly do some breathing exercises yeah. just to like get myself in the right headspace. So I think mm-hmm. I can relate to you both in those type of ways. But um, speaking yeah, of, but- you, you mentioned different ways to calm yourself down. So what advice would you give to someone um, whether they um, be in the same kind of musical spectrum as you are or, or want to p- pursue music in the future, what advice would you give to someone who um, wants to go down the same path as you? Um, there's room in music for everyone. Mm-hmm. So if your path 
doesn't look like this famous person's path, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's not your path, mm-hmm. you know? Don't get discouraged if things don't go a certain way because you th- you're expecting it to go that way. Maybe that's not the way that things are going to be laid out for you, but there's room for you in this. You know, I think that we all have, especially like going to like music school, um, we all have an idea of what our careers are going to look like and what the trajectory is and what it's supposed to be. And, you know, um, it's not the same for everybody. It's just not. And so it's okay. Just follow just follow where you're supposed to go and, and that's okay. And there's different ways to be in music that don't necessarily mean that you have to be a solo, solo performer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's different ways uh, that music can still be in your life. And, um, and that's okay because everybody wants to be the soloist, right? Well, yeah. you know, mm-hmm actually being the soloist is not as glamorous as it looks (laughs) you know you're always traveling you're always by yourself you know you're never home and there's a lot of different things so as you get older as you know life goes on you you might prioritize some things over another but you can still have music in your life in whatever capacity that you want so I, i i always that would be my biggest piece of advice you'll you can there's room for you in this and and in different ways and you can have music as part of your life in many different capacities I think that's some amazing advice yeah especially about the part you know you see all these glamorous artists and these soloists and you're like okay well that's what I want to be but then what kind of steps do I leave there and like you said everyone's journey is not going to be the same just because Mm -hmm. you know person a did this this and this doesn't mean you Mm -hmm. know you can't just do the exact same thing and hope that you're going to be in the exact same place. Like you said, it's different for anyone and everyone. So that's some great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. But for all these roles and all these shows, what does the typical, you know, quote unquote audition process look like? Is it a long process? Do people book you or how does it really work? Um, well, if you're, it depends on a lot of things. So there's different kind of tiers or, um, there's different tiers to being an opera singer. You know, you start fresh when you're fresh out of, when you're in university, you're doing things like young artist programs in the summers and stuff where you're getting some, it's almost like apprentice work. You're getting to do small roles and you're getting all this um, exposure and working with different people, but you're doing the smaller things. You're making connections then. And then once you graduate, you want to get into one of those full young artist programs where you're there year round at this opera house more being an apprentice and you're getting maybe a bigger role but in doing different outreach things with that company um and all of that and for those you have auditions for all those things you have auditions so an audition in in the young artist category would be you submit an application um we have there's a service called uh, YAP like YAP tracker and that's where most auditions and things are posted and so you usually submit an application there's usually something called they do pre-screenings where you have to submit recordings to see if you can even get an audition a live audition mm-hmm. and so um, if you, when you get a live audition you go and you sing for them and then months later they let you know whether or not you were accepted Mm-hmm. That's just how it works for that. Now, for the semi-professional or um, 
like the semi-professional, like the transition period or professional, you have an agent Mm -hmm. that'll send you to auditions based on um, the needs of whoever is doing the auditions. Um, So I have an agent. I I have an agent now here in the U.S. uh, that I signed with when I moved here to Pittsburgh. Um, I did the audition in New York and I signed with them. And um, so, for example, if there's an audition that's asking for something for my voice, she'll email me and say, hey, there's an audition for this. Are you interested? And I'll be like, yeah. So then she'll submit my stuff, my press kit. So that's my resume, my biography, images of me, or you know, headshots, production pictures, mm-hmm. uh, recordings of me. And if the people that are auditioning are interested in hearing me based on those things, then they set up a live audition for me. And I sing for those people. Um, if it's for a particular show, if it's for a particular opera, I'll bring the arias that I sing from that opera. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's not a particular opera, there is a particular aria, I'll sing something similar, plus bring other stuff so they can hear all the other kind of things that I sing. Um, uh, so yeah, and then from there, they would either tell me or talk to my agent about hiring me and they would negotiate a contract. She would negotiate a contract for me. And then I would, once the contract is signed, I would have that job. Mm-hmm. And first of all, congratulations on signing to a management. That's, that's truly amazing. Thank you. Uh, but, you know, how, like you, you mentioned your audition process and, and I'm certainly it is truly a long process, but how have you adjusted to the new norms w- within the last few months because of COVID? Um, have auditions been virtual or what's the take on? Well, because <laughs> 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 um, it's just, everybody's just figuring it out as they go. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. I, I, I was uh, supposed to go to a huge uh, singing competition in um, New York in May called the Girdle Listener Competition. It's very prestigious. And I, they chose me as one of the participants. Like, you know, hundreds of people apply or thousands, and they only choose a, couple, they choose a few hundred. And so I was really excited about that. But it was canceled, you know. So I was like, oh, okay, so they're canceling it until next year. There's several competitions I was part- supposed to go participate in that were canceled until next year. So that's one thing. Some people have just postponed it entirely until next year. Auditions aren't really happening right now. There are a lot of things that were supposed to be happening this summer, young artist programs mm-hmm. and things of that nature that have been either postponed or there's one particular young artist program that are following very strict protocols of quarantining um, there's their singers and a very specific protocol for COVID to avoid any kind of spread and are basically quarantined. The, the, the artists and the people working there have quarantined themselves 14 days prior to even doing any of the work that they're doing right now. And um, so they're kind of like the guinea pigs of <laughs> maybe what the next steps are for some other companies really. Mm-hmm. And um in terms of now it's just like opera, the opera world, this, this very uh, old art form now has to adapt and learn how to create digital content Mm -hmm. if they want to survive. And (laughs) it's really interesting because 
some of these companies are just like, we don't know what to do because <laughs> they never thought about that, right? That's not something that they had to think about. And then you have, you know, younger opera singers, not that I'm like super young, but, you know, I, I definitely know how to create for a digital content and we're just like oh we know how to do this Mm -hmm. so me for example um i had an i had a concert that i i live in swiss vale so Mm -hmm. i had i sang a concert uh at the beginning of june from my porch call it a porch concert did some flyers you know i live streamed it at the same time on instagram Mm -hmm. and it was awesome it was a Yeah, so that was really fun because I felt like singing, so I put 30 minutes of music together. And Mm -hmm. so um, I'll probably do the same thing. I was thinking at the end of this month, probably early next month or something like that. But I might do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I had, then right now, I just announced my song project. So I can't travel right now and I love to travel. Mm -hmm. So instead, I'm going to talk about my travels and Mm -hmm. I will either sing some classical music or cover some other kinds of songs um, mm-hmm. that remind me of those places that I went to. So that's going to be ongoing for me on my, on my Instagram account for like the next few weeks mm-hmm. where well, I'm creating that kind of digital content. So, you know, auditions, they're not really a thing right now because I think mm-hmm. everybody's scrambling to figure it out, but there are people like there's, people like me and other opera singers that are creating digital content to stay current and to stay, you know, creative and, mm-hmm. you know, continuing the art form in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, it really sounds like you've adjust, adjusted and adapted very well to COVID and, you know, the lack of auditions has certainly not stopped you in pursuing your own ventures and even uh, creating a concert from your own home, which I think is amazing. So kudos to you for doing that Thanks. and expanding this your love for music and adapting to this time. But, you know, I certainly can relate to you on the fact that, you know, so many things have been canceled. I know personally uh, this spring I was supposed to go down to New York city and perform in Carnegie hall with my youth orchestra, but COVID everything got canceled. Spring performance canceled. So many things canceled. So I certainly relate to you and sympathize (sighs) with all that, but a huge congratulations on making that final list of the performance and that you mentioned. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So Thank huge you. congratulations. And, you know, um, in your profession, you're meeting so many different people, so many artists and just working from around the world with everyone. So, you know, I'm assuming that collaboration is key. So do you collaborate with other singers, other performers? And how does that really work in your industry? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of collaboration. <laughs> I mean, that's just the name of the game with with when you create when you're doing something like an opera you know Mm -hmm. you have to work with other people because other people need to sing the other roles right Mm -hmm. but um you mean in collaboration right now like during covid um not specifically during covid probably more beforehand of Uh, oh yeah yeah i mean the opera world is very small so Mm -hmm. once you start working like you start knowing everybody and um, so we all know each other. It's like, oh, I get to sing with so-and-so. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's really cool. And, and, you know, there's a lot of camaraderie that happens, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And there's a lot of actually, like, singers that might have more success, more commercial success, that kind of mentor younger ones. Oh, um, yeah. And then you can reach out to them. There's a, couple, there's a few sopranos that I've reached out to, and they've been really helpful and kind and 
um, especially like like black women that are that are in the business that I can reach out to about things that are really really helpful um, as I navigate things for myself because I'm still considered an up and coming emerging artist um, since I'm still young for my voice type and um, as for digital collaboration funnily funnily enough. The, my pianist that I used to work with in Germany is collaborating with me on this song project. She records the songs, the piano, and I sing to them. So it's so we are collaborating digitally still because we love to work with each other so much. I asked her about it. And she's like, yeah, I would love to do this. And mm -hmm. so, um, so she's helped me a ton with that. Um, but yeah, so collaboration is just so it's such an essential part of what I do in my yeah. in in my profession and it's it's actually a lot it's it's the fun part of it working with other people and creating something together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know camaraderie and collaboration is always awesome and you mentioned your your song project and and you mentioned also like you you do a lot of things on instagram with your singing so feel free to shout out your instagram actually because for our listeners they can connect with you on there and and, and listen to you yeah my instagram is just my name zuli z-u-l-y enirio i-n-i-r-i-o just all together that's how you can find me on instagram i'm always creating something on there um or just sharing you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I hope awesome. people will enjoy it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> speaking of connections, um, you have traveled to so many places and met so many different people. So who would you say has been the most impactful in your life? And who do you look up to for guidance and support or just even a late night talk? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. So there was this, there's this wonderful woman. She's a, a mezzo-soprano contralto and i she did she has her own some summer program a young artist program and i took part in it when 2015 prior to moving to germany and she's just so so supportive of my of me in general and of of my talent and anytime i need advice career advice i really i go to her and i and I um, and I follow her advice um, anytime that I need support or anything. In terms, for example, that competition that I got into, she's a, you need a recommendation letter from somebody that's really recognized in the industry, and she's the one that vouched for me and mm -hmm. was like, "You guys need to hear her," kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say, and her name is Cindy Sadler. Mm -hmm. um, and her program is Spotlight on Opera. And mm -hmm. it's a wonderful, wonderful young artist program. And um, she's one of those people that her program can't meet in person. So they've adapted a whole opera digitally and has turned it into like episodes. And it's like a, it's become like now, like it's almost like it's like a Netflix show. <laughs> so it's so cool. So she's really innovative and she's a wonderful, wonderful person. So. Yeah, I would say Cindy. I really look up to her and I, I appreciate all her support. 
Yeah, thank you for saying that. That sounds amazing. And I know having that kind of support system and someone you can always rely on and look up to and even get that recommendation is amazing, especially, you know, the camaraderie, like you mentioned, it's so amazing to hear that. But, you know, as an opera singer, you know, what kind of techniques does it require to be an opera singer? And how do you really train your voice to um, work and just um, practice, I guess? What it, so what does it take to become like in terms of technique? What do I have to do? Well, yeah, so like as, a violinist, <laughs> as a violinist, it's like you know, every day practice scales, yeah. Measures. So, what does it look like for an opera singer? Well, for an opera singer, we're using our whole body, right, as our, as our instrument. So, I make sure to things that indirectly help me that don't necessarily have to do with the actual act of singing are eating well, mm-hmm. you know, eating nutrient dense food. Absolutely. Um, so I know I'm not even, and I'm, I'm not even talking about dieting. I'm not even, I, I'm not a diet person. I'm not diet culture. It's not my thing, but just eating nutrient dense food is, uh, is really important, especially when like, if, you, if I have a performance coming or if I have a performance that day of, I try not to eat out. I eat whatever I cook at home and I make sure that I have some complex carbs to like get me through it. I have certain snacks I eat if I'm in between acts and things of that nature. Um, uh, Being active. So just like walking every day, doing something active every day helps me. If I want to warm up my voice, for example, um, sometimes just taking a walk, like a, you know, a couple miles or a mile or whatever, warms my body up enough so my voice is already halfway there. And I know that about myself. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a walk to get my body going. And then I'll start warming up and singing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, every day in terms of singing, there's, of course, my warm-ups, technical things. And if I want to, be, and if I want to work on a specific pieces of music, I kind of create a practice schedule and there's silent practicing versus actual singing. Um, And silent practicing is more like I'm focusing on words. I'm focusing on the breaths that I'm taking. Sometimes I'll, I'll just do the, just work on breathing. I go through the song as if I'm singing with the intention of singing, my body's going to react as if I am singing without me actually singing. So Mm -hmm. I'm practicing the actual breaths that I'm taking and how much it, how much time each breath takes and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so other silent practices is working on the words, right? Getting the muscle memory of how my, how the articular articulators are going to say these words in, the di- in different languages. So that's mm-hmm. listening is part of silent practice too. There's just, there's that. My si- I call it silent practice because I'm not singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, actually singing you know as as an opera singer if you're you don't want to sing more than like I can't like sing all day because I'll make myself hoarse right Mm -hmm. so I usually sing about you know an hour and a half two hours a day and sometimes I break that up in chunks Mm -hmm. um but more than that all it'll be just a lot so um I try to just kind of do that, but I do more silent practice than anything, more than, more than anything. So that when I get to the singing, I've already done a lot of the work and it's just putting it all together. 
Wow, yeah. Silent practice sounds really interesting. I did not know that singers actually did that. Um, oh, yeah. We have to. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about um, music and, and singing this, this, whole, um, this whole time, we, that actually bring, brings us to our last segment. It's called, it's called Fight Song. So Ooh. to give you some context, you, you probably know Rachel Platten wrote a motivational song back in 2015 called Fight Song. So mm-hmm. Julie, we want to ask you, what's your fight song? What motivates you to get up every day and, and what inspires you? Um, it can be a song, but it can also be a person or activity. What motivates me to get up every day? <laughs> it's a pretty wow. good <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> man, this is a very, it's just... Uh, Gosh, it's so multifaceted. Um, what's my every time we bring on someone from the musical background, whether it's uh, a performer or soloist, they always have to take their time and like gather their thoughts. Because yeah. you know, being in the music industry, you just have such a wide array of music. right. I'm just like okay. going. I'm going through the catalog of my head. Take your time. So there is music that motivates me. Like, you guys are going to be very surprised, (laughs) actually. You mentioned your playlist earlier, like you listened to that before a performance. What's a song from there that you really... um... Oh, well, that playlist is about centering myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and my favorite, 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 then that's from, that's like my favorite band, right? So my favorite, favorite, favorite band ever is a band called Sigur Ross. And um, they're an Icelandic band. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's very orchestral in its... Um, the way that they make music and it's very ethereal and you know I, I, I had the chance to go to Iceland so I totally understand their music now that I've been there mm-hmm. because Iceland is the same way it's otherworldly and um, so Sigur Ross puts me in the zone in terms of like getting me centered ready to perform now if I want to get pumped up Mm-hmm. I listen to Cardi B. <laughs> awesome, awesome. She's. I, I'm from the. I'm from the Dominican Republic. She's half Dominican. I support her, and her mm-hmm. her music is great to get you yeah, going. For sure, for sure. But um, in terms of what gets me up every morning, it's just you know I really I really love to live and create in that intersection of using my creativity and using my singing for social change Mm -hmm. so I'm always thinking of how can I use what I can do Mm -hmm. to address or to further um, the things that I care about Mm -hmm. which is like equity for everybody within my industry and diversity and representation for everybody in my industry like how can I do that Mm -hmm. so those things really motivate me like you know, sometimes I stay up just thinking about different ideas or I have like a whoosh of ideas, you know, or, um, and okay. And then I'll be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to do this and this and this, that kind of stuff really, really excites me. Like, how can I help? How can I make things better? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm an opera singer and I love to perform, but I want to also use what I can do to help people. Mm -hmm. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. That's certainly inspirational and motivational, even for us to hear. And it's great to see such an array of music that you listen to. I know, Shivali, every time we talk about fight songs uh, or someone asks us what our fight songs are, I have just such, my music is just, it goes from top 50s to, Shivali's going to laugh at this, but French music. French, French pop music. music. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, French pop music is great. Exactly. Tell her the song yeah. that you that you keep. Yeah, listening. I'm not sure if you're familiar, but with the artist Zaz, she's just like Zaz. my number one now. I haven't heard I'm I haven't heard of Zaz, but I used to be really into like, you know, oh, what's that French band? Sofia Coppola's husband's in it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot. There's <laughs> the the they sing oh my gosh, hold on, I'm about to look it up right now. But <laughs> I if you like French pop music uh, you should look at you should look up the Yeye Girls. They were like a they were a French girl band from like the sixties, I think, oh. or seventies, and they were like imitating the American style of music from that time. Uh-huh. But it's all in French, yeah. and it's called the. I'm Ye- definitely gonna listen to that. The Yeye Girls. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll enjoy it. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing that. And it's yeah. so great to finally speak with someone who you know has. <laughs> has this love for French music as well because you know that's just so near and dear to my heart right now I totally get it it helped me learn (laughs) how to speak French listening to French music um is the band that you uh mentioned called Phoenix perhaps yes that would that's exactly it Phoenix Phoenix um is I used to love 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 Phoenix um (laughs) But if, you know, their music has changed throughout the years, so you can find, I mean, everybody will find something that they like from Phoenix. Um, but yeah, I recommend the Yeye Girls. And I also recommend Sigur Ross. So. Well, for all of our listeners who've been hearing me ramble on and on about pop music. She feels validated. I should go and listen to these artists. We are telling you great music. Well, I'm glad I can validate your love for French music, if anything else. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Zulie. It was so good hearing about your career from the start to the finish to performing internationally, even moving to Germany for some time. It was so cool learning about all these diverse things that you've done. And we had so much fun speaking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. So, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I'm really excited to see where all of this goes. for tuning in to another episode of Woman in Work. Shwali and Danielle here signing off. See you next time. <laughs>